Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I've got my foot on the rock. I've got my eyes face forward. I've got God in my sights. And I'm not turning back now. I'm not stopping now. The old song says, I've got more to go to heaven for today. Mm. I'm very thankful for the presence of God that I feel in this place today. Amen. I am encouraged in the Lord. I'm very thankful, amen, for your kindness and your response to the Spirit of God. If you have your Bibles, uh, normally as an evangelist, I go through this long prelim for you to get to know me, me to get to know you, amen. But I feel like God is going to do something very specific in this house today, amen. If you have your Bibles, the book of Luke, the book of Luke, the second chapter, beginning in the 41st verse, to give honor to your pastor, amen, your pastor's wife. We appreciate them so very, very much, amen, very thankful for what they do for the kingdom, amen, give honor to my wife and my children, amen, I love them, good to have my mom with us this evening, this morning, excuse me, amen, God began to lay this on my heart last night. Amen. I wanted one of those good old fired up, shallow, cheerleading type messages where we just run the aisles and kicked holes in the walls. And amen. That's what I was searching for. That's that's always the safest bet with an evangelist. Amen. But amen. God began to really deal with me something very, very serious. Amen. And uh, very, very heavy this morning. I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be able to be here and do my best to deliver what I feel like God has laid on my heart today. The Bible says, and now this, his parents, excuse me, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem and after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as <clears throat> excuse me, they returned, uh, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. Joseph and his mother knew not of it, but they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. And they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintances. Verse 45 says, And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you so much for this awesome day, Lord. We thank you for your blessings. Lord, we thank you for your power and your presence that we feel in this house right now. I ask God you'd anoint my mouth to speak your words. I pray, Lord, you'd anoint the ears of this congregation, God, that we would hear exactly what you'd have to say. We'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. And the church said in Jesus' name. I'll say it loud in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a great big loud hand clap of praise because he's worthy.
Amen. You can be seated this morning only if you want to. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year for the feast and the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast and they went and they had fulfilled the days as they returned. The child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and their acquaintances. And they found him not. And when they didn't find him, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him. Amen. I don't have a title for you this morning. I try to think of clever titles to catch people's attention, but I'm challenging someone in this building today. Have you checked on Jesus lately? Have you checked on Jesus lately? There is a little cabinet above the door in our motor home. Amen. Where I have made a little hook where I keep the keys to our minivan and my, my motorcycle. Most normal people have a set of hooks on the side of their door or a bowl or something in their entry hall that they toss their keys in, but RV living is a little bit different, praise God. So I've got a little cabinet that I open and I put my keys up there, amen, and I, 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 when I feel like they're there, I'm, I'm comfortable with knowing where my keys are. And uh, it's very easy for me to be able to just walk as I'm going out the door to open the door, grab my keys, and, and ease on out and get on down and just live life and be awesome like I like to be. Praise God. But it's very easy also with that easiness of knowing where my keys always are to take for granted that my keys are simply always there. Amen, it's not a hard thing to do for me to get the mindset of knowing, uh, amen, uh, they've always been there, so they should always be there. And I would challenge someone today, you'll never find me looking for my keys unless I first realize that I've lost them. Amen, I would challenge someone in this building today. I'm thankful that we serve a God that's always there. I'm thankful that we serve a God that says I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'm thankful that we serve a God that says I stand with my arms spread wide to an untoward generation. I'm thankful, amen, that we serve an omnipresent God everywhere, going nowhere. I'm thankful today, amen, but I would challenge someone in this building today. Am I taking for granted that God is simply there? last place that I had him is God simply, amen, still the last place that he was. I would challenge someone in this building today. When's the last time you checked on Jesus? I begin to read this story and I've heard many stories, pastor, of, of people leaving their kids. Nobody needs to raise your hand. Bless them, Jesus. We were at a church not long ago and this Mom and dad, we were talking and uh, they told us that they had left one of their children at a gas station for like three hours because they had no idea he was missing. So they never looked for him. I mean, it was 
Hours later, I believe they'd even gotten to a restaurant, ordered their food, was sitting down, and maybe mama was going to order the young man's food. And, and she looked down to ask him if he figured out what he wanted yet, only to see that he wasn't there. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's very easy if we're not careful to allow everyday life to get us so caught up and get us so focused in, amen, on what we're doing and the direction that we want to go in and the things that we want to accomplish that we oftentimes don't even recognize that Jesus isn't there with us. We don't even recognize, amen, that Jesus is not walking with us at that very moment. It's amazing to me, Pastor, how, amen, mama and daddy didn't see Jesus. They just assumed he was with somebody else. Amen, I realize I, I'm not so uh, at a place where I, there are times we come to church and we don't feel God. Uh, there are times we come to church and amen, we don't get the goosebumps and uh, we don't get our hands up in the air and we're not running the aisles. There are times uh, when we're struggling and we're hard and we're worried. Uh, amen, but can I challenge somebody today? I never want to take that as a time to where I can just rely on somebody else's relationship with God, uh, that I can rely on somebody else's walk with God. Uh, amen, but church, uh, when I feel those times I want to find an altar and say I gotta check on Jesus I've got to make sure I've got Jesus where he belongs I've got to make sure amen that Jesus is walking with me the way that I want him to be walking with me I'm not against relying on the church to set an atmosphere when you can't do it. I'm not against relying on the choir, amen, to set the tone when I can't do it. But I want to be sensitive enough to know that I'm in trouble. I want to be sensitive enough to know that there's an issue. I want to be sensitive enough to know, amen, God is not where I left him. We get so caught up and tied up in the things that we're doing. Amen. I would challenge someone today. The only time it records mom and daddy and Jesus were separated. Amen. As he was a child is when their will didn't match his will. I would tell us in this building today the only time we find ourselves separated from God. Not God separated from us. But us separated from God is when our will doesn't match his will. Amen. When we head off in a direction, amen, he's not heading in. Come on, somebody. When we try to put and force our agenda, something that jumped out at me at this pastor, it took him one day to lose him, two days to find him. It took one day to lose him, two days to find him. The Bible says they went an entire day's journey just relying that somebody else had him. They took an entire journey, day's journey, amen, with the mindset of, I'm sure he's here somewhere. I don't know about you, church, but I, I have four daughters, and, and you better believe every time we get in the van, I look in my rear view, and I'm counting heads. I'm counting ponytails, praise God. Every time we walk out of a church, amen, I'm watching. I'm like a, I'm like a mama duck, praise God. I, I'm watching every single one of them. I'm getting my count, amen. We used to be known as the Jackson Five. Now we're the Jackson Half Dozen, praise God. I'm keeping up, amen, with all my kids, Hallelujah. But it's amazing to me, amen, uh, when the people that Jesus should have meant the most to weren't even looking for him. We all right? 
Amen. I, I like hanging from the chandeliers, y'all. I like kicking pews and running aisles and getting carpet burn on your forehead. I, I like that kind of church. But I believe God has made something very specific on my heart. Amen. We as Holy Ghost-filled children of God, amen, need to make sure that we never find ourselves in a place that we take for granted. Amen. That God is just simply, amen, right there where we left him. I don't ever want to take my relationship with God for granted. I don't ever want to take this church for granted. I don't ever want to take these musicians and these singers for granted. I don't ever want to take my pastor for granted. I don't ever want to take this word for granted. But I want to know, amen, that I have a fix on Jesus. Maybe there's someone in this building today, you've been living for God for a long time. Amen. Maybe you're an elder, you're a saint of the church. Maybe you're a pillar man, of this congregation. Maybe you've been living for God longer than I've been alive. But I believe God has sent me here to challenge someone today. Amen. Have you checked on Jesus? Because truth be told, amen, it would not be a hard thing to do to just walk for a little while not having Jesus by our side. But I would encourage someone today, don't beat yourself up. Don't get mad at yourself. Don't try to uh, 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 just tear yourself down. Don't try to do these things. But the Bible says the very moment they realized he wasn't there, amen, they turned around and they went back. I'm encouraging someone here today, amen, if you don't feel Jesus, Lord, I got to get back to an altar. Lord, I got to get back to a prayer room. Lord, I got to get back to a fast. Lord, I got to get back to a dance. I got to get back to a shout. I don't feel you like I should. I got to get back. I got to get back to the last time I felt you. I'm going to go ahead and just get ahead of myself because that's what I do. Praise God. I want to challenge somebody in this place today. If Jesus ain't beside you, go back to the last place you saw him and he's still going to be right there. He's going to be waiting. He's going to be ready and willing to be with you. When they saw that Jesus wasn't with them immediately, they went back. No questions. Uh, they could care less if anybody came with them. Uh, they didn't try to care, tell the caravan, y'all just stop and hold up for us. Uh, amen, don't leave us, y'all. No, no, you do what you want to do. But I ain't got Jesus in my sight. I got to get back. I got to find him. I got to get him back where he belongs. A day's journey out. A day's journey back. The Bible says they looked for him, obviously, for another day. But I like this, folks. When they got back to the church. Come on, somebody. I may not be able to feel Jesus on my job site. Oh, my house may be in such a mess. I can't feel the Spirit of God there. I can't feel Him in my car. I can't feel Him at Walmart. But oh, if I can just get back to the church, I know Jesus is there. If I could just get back, amen, to the house of God, amen, I know I can find Jesus there. I may not be able to see Him nowhere else, but if I can get back to the church, He's going to be there and He's going to be ready and willing, amen to bless me. Somebody give the Lord a heck of a praise in this house today. Bible says and when it came to pass after three days they found him 
in the temple. But I would be so bold as to tell you we can also lose him. Is that all right? I don't mean to get you good people mad at me. Amen. But I'm challenging someone in this building today. Are you really as spiritual as you think you are? I already feel it. I ain't coming back. I know. Y'all going to run me off before I even get done. Praise God. Do you really have the relationship that you think you do? Do you really have the prayer life, amen, that you think you do? I realize I'm speaking to a multitude of elders in this house today. Amen, I understand that there's a strong possibility. I've got no business challenging you this way, but I feel, amen, a tug from the Holy Ghost. Amen, we ain't never reached, amen, the depths that we need to stop at. We've never reached the depths, amen, that we can just sit down and be satisfied. But God, as long as there's a deeper depth, I want to go. I want to get there. I want to be there. I got to get there. I don't mean to challenge nobody's theology. Pastors always get nervous when people say that. I like making some pastors nervous. I might as well just go and break this one in, praise God. See, he's wishing I'd hurry up and get to my point, but I'm going to talk a little longer and just make him just sit there and simmer on it. <laughs> Pastor, it's a scary thought to know that I could be in the very presence of an almighty God, but be so distant that Satan could walk right into my life. Oh, it was Judas that was sitting in the room that night. I know you know the story. Just bear with me for a minute. Jesus said, the very one who's in arm reach of me, amen, you're going to take this sop directly out of my hand. You're close enough to hug my neck. You're close enough to shake my hand. You're close enough for me to lay hands on you. You're close enough to tell me anything that you need to tell me, and nobody else has to hear it. But church, Judas was that close to God, but yet he was so distant, amen, from the one that he was serving, the one that he had followed. The Bible said while he sat in the room with Jesus, Satan entered in, amen, to Judas. I want to challenge someone in this building today, amen, don't think just because you showed up this morning, everything's going to be all right, but I've got to challenge myself. I've got to say, God, have I got you where you belong? Are you where you need to be in my life? I don't want to be the one that's sitting in church and shouting and dancing, but I don't even know that I've lost Jesus. I don't want to be the one that thinks everything's all right. I don't want to be the one that just feels like my keys are up there where they belong until I need them. I don't want to just feel like everything's just hunky-dory until I really need Jesus and I can't find him. I'm thankful today for the check in my spirit. It's the tragedy of the life of Samson. It was raised by people who loved God. Samson was raised in a home that was devoted to God. The Bible says they taught Samson 
to fear God. Amen. They practiced daily, amen, uh, the things that God would have them to practice. They instilled it uh, into their son, Samson. Uh, amen. Uh, it was no secret that the angel of the Lord appeared. Uh, you know the story. And began to tell them about this young man that they were going to have. Uh, amen. Uh, and that they were going to, all of these mighty things were going to take place. Uh, and the Bible tells us uh, that mom and daddy made the commitment. But you're going to have a hard time finding where Samson himself made the commitment. Maybe there's someone sitting in this room today, you're being raised in a household that loves God. You're obviously in a church that loves God. Obviously you have a pastor and a ministry team that teach you the right way to live and the right way to be. It's no doubt in my mind, excuse me, amen, this is a praying church, a worshiping church. It's a God-loving, God-fearing, amen, witnessing church. It's a Bible-believing church. But can I tell someone today, it doesn't matter how awesome of a relationship everybody else has with God. If you don't have your own relationship with God in church, amen, you're going to find yourself in a bad spot. You're going to find yourself in a bad place when it comes time for your name to be called. The life of Samson, amen, was completely glittered with the idea of selfishness. I want this because it pleases me. You go get it for me. I'm going to present this as a riddle because of my pride. It's so big and so large. Isn't it amazing, church? Even when Samson was in the wrong, God still showed up for Samson. The lion jumped out. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. When he lost the bet, I know it's a bad word, but when he lost the bet, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Excuse me, the Bible says, I'm almost rid of this cough. I apologize. The Bible says when he went and tied the fox's tails together, amen, and lit the fields on fire, guess where he ran? He ran into the presence of the children of God. I don't mean to be mean, but it's in my nature, so here we go. I don't ever want to get into a place where the only time I come to church is when I'm in trouble. But let me say in the same breath, this is the best place to be when you find yourself in trouble. God, don't let me use the church as a crutch to just get me through the hard times and when everything's over, when the church is done, amen, all that it does normally and I feel safe and I feel better to step back out into the world. Lord, don't let me take advantage of your grace. The reality of it is there are people sitting in this room today, amen, uh, that uh, every one of us, God's been better to us than we deserve. But there are people sitting in this room today and not in any time done your best to sell out or devote yourself to God. But yet God's always showed up to you. He's always been sold out to you. He's always devoted himself to you. He's always been there no matter what the circumstances were. Samson found himself, thank you, I got one, but I just can't ever find a place to stop and drink it. Some people just do that so eloquently. I used to be a big drinker, but you know, God is good. 
Samson lived a life of always being on the edge, always being connected to the church, but never being in the church, always being on what we call the fringes of having a relationship with God, but never truly having the relationship with God. Samson got to the place where he just felt like he could live how he wanted to. God would just always be there. We all right? Y'all ain't getting mad at me? Poor Samson had so many women's problems. He did. Thank you. Hey, if one person agrees with me, I'm cool. Some people go, I don't think he had no women's problems. I would challenge someone in this building today. If the crowd that you're running with, if the attention that you're seeking to receive from someone who's more interested in your weaknesses than your strengths, you're in the wrong place. The only question she didn't ask, she didn't ask, what can make you stronger? She said, what makes you weak? I look across this building today, and it's never God's intention to expose your weaknesses, but it's always God's intention to strengthen your strengths. It's always God's intention to strengthen your weaknesses. Come on, somebody. Amen. you got to remember today we serve a God who doesn't tell you secrets. Oh, he doesn't give out and laugh at your problems. Amen. But he's a God that says, I'll keep everything undercover. I'll lift your burdens. I'll give you a life to live. I can give you grace. I can give you mercy. I can give you joy. I can give you restoration. I can give you revival. I can give you everything that you need. I would encourage someone today, if the person or the people that you're seeking attention from only ask for your weaknesses, then what we got to do, then we got to lie about it. Come on, y'all know the story. See, it was awkward. It didn't matter. Y'all didn't even try to help me out. Y'all didn't clap or nothing. Y'all just looked at me and laughed when I drank my water. Always picking on the new guy. So what do we do? We do our best to protect our weaknesses. Which puts us in a whole different outlook, a whole different place. Amen. Not only am I having to hold my strengths, but I'm having to protect my weaknesses. Isn't it amazing when you come to the house of God, it doesn't matter how strong you are or how weak you are, you're just here. Isn't it amazing when you come to an altar, it doesn't matter how weak you are, how strong you are. Amen, the presence of God still comes on you. It still makes you feel good. Amen, it still encourages you. It puts a smile on your face. Amen, I'm thankful for that today. But the Bible says, amen, that Samson, you know the story laid out the first line. I'm trying to not preach too long. I know chicken's waiting, praise God. But Samson gave the first line, and amen, it's amazing she did it. Samson, the Philistines are upon thee. The Bible says he jumped up. You know the story. Shook himself. Felt the presence of the Almighty God and whooped everybody. Second time. Samson, uh, the Philistines are upon thee. Jumped up, shook himself. Walked outside and whooped everybody. Third time. Amen. Samson, the Philistines are upon me. The Bible says that he went and shook himself as the before times. And he wished not that God was not there. 
Can I tell someone in this building today that word wist simply means had no knowledge of. He had no idea when he walked outside to face an enemy that was stronger than he was, that God was not with him. He simply thought God was just there. And church, even the Bible says that they took Samson and they plucked out his eyes and they put him in prison. I'm telling somebody tonight, amen, this world is going to take your vision. It's going to lock you down. It's going to separate you. It's going to hold you back. It's going to do everything in its power to humiliate you. Samson didn't check where God was. But he walked out to fight a battle he couldn't win on his own. And he didn't even know God wasn't there until it was too late. We don't look for our keys, church, until we need them. I hate I'm already running somebody off, praise God. Bible says they had him in prison. Eyes popped out. Running the grinding wagon, the grinding wheel. Bible says they done. The people decided they were going to make sport of him. Telling someone in this building today, Samson had an understanding. For over 20 years, if you begin to study and read out the life of Samson, amen, for over 20 years, Samson lived a life that was ungodly. For over 20 years, Samson lived a life, amen, that was full of selfishness and pride. Amen, for 20 years, amen, Samson lived a life contrary to the word of God, the teaching of his parents, the teaching of his church. For over 20 years, amen, Samson lived a life that he wanted to live. But church, there came a day when he needed God. And the Bible says that when he put his hands on those pillars and he begin to pray. Amen. Can I tell someone in this building today, it doesn't matter how far you are away from God, if you can find a way to call his name in prayer. Amen. I serve a God that says, I'll answer you. Amen. Samson said, Lord, remember me. I need you to have your power on me one more time. Amen. Somebody in this building today, if you've lost God, you can get him back. It's the power of prayer. It's the power, amen, of getting a hold of God today. The Bible says that when he prayed, he killed more Philistines at his death than he did his entire life. It's amazing how powerful one prayer can be. A lifetime of mistakes, a lifetime of mess, a lifetime of contrary. One prayer erased it all. I'm challenging someone in this place today. When's the last time you checked on Jesus? I can remember when I first got in church. I'm almost done. Look, I'll give y'all hope. Watch this. I ain't got no watch. I'm just giving y'all hope, praise God. Remember when I first got in church? I didn't get in church until my mid-twenties. So I know a little bit about what Samson was going through, praise God. Little independent apostolic church in northern Mississippi. 
one of the most rockingest churches I've ever been in in my life. Pregnant women would run outside the church. Insane. I walked in there one day and thought to myself, you folks are crazy. But truth, I acted a whole lot crazier than they did in the lifestyle that I lived. Come on, somebody. Wasn't very long, I found my little happy self down at an altar, repenting, giving God everything I didn't even know I had. There was such a, there was a, a intensity that was relieved that day. Looked at my pastor, I said, man, I got to be baptized. I was baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. But it took me over eight months to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, every revival, I was in the altar praying, God, I want the Holy Ghost. I would begin to feel the stammering lips, and I could hear myself speaking in tongues. I I could feel myself just, but I would shut it down every time. I could be in my truck crank up some of them Jesus tunes. I'd drive down the interstate, my hands in the air, crying, just feeling the presence of God, feeling myself wanting to break out, to be filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I could feel it. It was there. God was wanting to do it, but I'd shut it down every time. I'd shut it down. I'd be on the job site, Pastor, witnessing to people. I'd have grown men looking like this with a two-by-four in their hand crying, amen, how awesome God is. I was giving Bible studies right there at the game box on the tailgate of my truck. But every time I would feel the Holy Ghost want to come inside of me, I would shut it down. Church, shut it down. Revival services, shut it down. Amen. Home, shut it down. Every time I felt it, I just shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. It got to the place where it was almost just a common thing. Feel God, shut him down. Until I didn't feel him anymore. And it scared me to death. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. See, I didn't have a problem as long as I was feeling God. I was on the verge of a breakthrough. I was on the verge of the Holy Ghost. I was on the verge of this. And I was here for that. And I was here for this. But when I didn't feel him anymore, I no longer felt like I was on the verge of anything. I felt like an old, a ship out in the middle of the ocean all by myself. I said, Lord, if you'll let me feel your presence one more time. Amen. It was that Sunday night. Hallelujah. In the middle of the aisle, God filled me with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a heavenly language. Why? Because I said, God, I'm not shutting you down no more. Whatever you want to do, Lord, you just do it. I don't want to lose God. I don't want to lose God in my life. Come on, everybody stand with me. Sister Jackson, if you would come tickle these ivories. It was mama and daddy who lost Jesus but found him when they got back to the church. It was Samson who lost Jesus but found him when he began to pray. It was the disciples 
saw the empty garden tomb. The Bible says, Pastor, that they left the garden tomb, was walking to the city. And Jesus walked with them. And they did not know it. The Bible says they didn't know it until he did what? He revealed himself to him later that night. I'm challenging us in this place today. When's the last time you checked on Jesus? It's not an unheard of thing, y'all. It was Judas that was in arm's reach. Satan entered into Judas, arm's reach of Jesus. Somebody hear me this morning. Judas simply ran to the wrong tree. He ran to a tree of self-destruction and spiritual suicide. But if he had ran to the tree that Jesus was hanging on, everything would have been fixed. Everything would have been right. Everything would have been changed. But I'm telling some people in this building today, you have a decision to make to this morning. Amen. You can either run back to Jesus. You, you can run to the cross. You can run to the church. You can run to your prayer. Or you can try to fix it your own way. You can try to live it your own way. But I'm challenging this at church right here, right now. Amen. When's the last time you checked on Jesus? When's the last time you said, Lord, I got to make sure you're where you're supposed to be in my life. Lord, I got to make sure I'm living the way I'm supposed to be, God. I got to make sure I haven't lost you. Come on. Let's find a place to kneel and pray. Let's find a place to check ourselves. Let's find a place to say, God, where are you at? Lord, are you belong in my life? Are you in the forefront of my life? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.